Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A Father's Love Healing Through Heartache. Uh, I'm Dan, along with my buddy Chris, and we're just two dads who are trying to move forward from the losses of our son, seven-year-old Mason, nine-year-old Jameson, and we're trying to make a difference for other people who are grieving, uh, trying to help ourselves heal and, and just get ourselves back onto what I guess people would consider a productive life. If you've been tuning in lately, you know the last few weeks we've been talking about our mental health through the process of um, sitting in the hospitals while we knew the, the boys weren't doing well, through the funerals, and then returning to work last week. And so this week we're going to wrap up the mental health side of things, and we're just going to try to focus on how losing our sons has shifted our priorities in life, um, what we focus on in our personal lives, what we focus on at work, and where our hearts really are, which again leads us right into our foundations. So um, we'll see where things go as always. Chris, welcome back. Dan, how's it going, man? It's going. Afraid to be back as usual. Yep. So, um, so let's get started, Chris. Um since you lost Mason, um, and going back before that, if you need to, what what has changed in your mindset with whether it be your personal life or your professional life? I think for me, uh, they're kind of they're pretty intertwined together. You know, uh, any veterans out there, military members know that uh, your family life and your your career life are very intertwined together because everything that happens at work really affects your family at home, whether it's deployments, uh, staying late for work, going in early, all that stuff. It all affects family life. So I would say before Mason, uh, I was still a very family-oriented military member compared to a lot of people I knew, but I definitely put a lot more emphasis on my military career and wanting to be successful and, you know, working hard for promotions and just wanting to have an overall successful military career. And I will say that, um, you know, losing your child or any kind of grief, it, it completely shifted my priority. Now, I still love the Air Force. I love my career. I love my job. But to be honest, I just don't put in those extra hours like I used to anymore. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a hard realization when you're a young, um, you know, young in the military and you're ambitious and you want to move up that chain of command. Uh, you just work so hard for it a lot of times. And the family takes the hit for that, really. And But as you get older and you're in longer, you start to realize that, you know what, that military career... Uh, as soon as I'm out the door, they're going to replace me with someone else within five minutes. <laughs> so as special as we want to think we are, we're also not that special in the sense that we can be replaced pretty quickly. So it really shifted my mindset that I need to spend more time with my family and do what's best for them. Because at the end of the day, the Air Force isn't going to be there forever for me. Um, you know, it was an amazing run. I've loved my career. And I've met some amazing people, but at the same sense, my wife and my boys are my everything. They're my world. And I really want to make sure they get the attention they're deserved. 
Um, I've spent numerous months or uh, I think my wife and I kind of figured it out between me working shift work at the fire department plus deployments plus temporary duties to other locations um, of my 21 years. I think we figured like probably seven or eight of those, you consider me gone about seven or eight of my 21 years. Um, you know, I was not with family because I was gone for work or something. And that's a lot of time compared to uh, some civilian workers, you know, that get to go home every single night to their family and don't have to worry about deployments and whatnot. So losing Mason really helped me focus in on the family and say, you know what? I'm not staying another hour. I'm not staying another two hours to get this done. It'll be there tomorrow. I'll come back to it tomorrow and knock it out. So that's just how it's been working for me. So uh, how about you, Dan? How's it been going? Uh, wh- what have you been doing different since uh, Jameson went to heaven? Very similar to you. Um, I... Being a school teacher, I, I don't take work home. Um, maybe two or three times a quarter, I'll, I'll bring home work to get caught up on grading or get my grades entered in for report cards, that kind of thing. But I go to work at seven in the morning. I come home at three thirty or four every day, and work is at work, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I had my, I just had my observation and my post-conference today with my principal, and I've told him the last couple times straight out that, yeah, I, I'm 22 years into my career. I don't really care what that paper says about me doing my job. If, if there's problems, I know that they're going to be addressed before that paperwork even gets filled out, and... I'm very reflective myself, so I know that I'm going to, I'm always trying to be a better teacher, so I don't need a paper to tell me that, Um, but also, I don't care about teacher of the year. When you, when you start your career as a teacher, I mean, you hear about teacher of the year, and who doesn't like to be recognized as, like, the best in your, in your building, and I could care less. I'm not, I don't sign up for extra committees or anything like that. I will work my tail off between 7.30 and 3.30 and then I go home. And I will do everything I can during those hours to help support other staff members if if they need help with something or if I can cover something, if, if somebody's having trouble with their student and I can cover their class. I will gladly do all of that between 7.30 and 3.30. But when I come home, I'm home. And I, I'm totally fine with that. Um, and again, yeah, it, I think it shifted a little bit before Jameson passed and went to heaven. But when he did go to heaven, that cemented that mindset that life is short and there are much more important things to, work, to do than work. And I love my students, and I, again, I'll do absolutely anything I can to help my kids succeed. But I'm not going to do all the extra stuff and give up my family time anymore. It's just not worth it. And uh, I, I like the fact that it seems like a lot of people in the world are starting to shift to that mindset uh, so that we can focus on what's really important in this life. Yeah, and I think that really ties into the mental health aspect, like you said, because 
think about it, think of the amount of hours and time that you put into work and how daunting it can be, you know, the stress you have, especially with taking care of kids and making sure that they're set up for their success and their future. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of stress with that. And, you know, I, I, I had a talk today with uh, a fellow senior non-commissioned officer and I basically straight up told him, I said, you're, you're doing too much work and you're working too hard. Uh, there's other people that can be divvied out. You don't have to do every program. You don't have to do all the extra work. The, the military has a bad habit of if you do something good, they're going to give you more. Right. And if you do it good, they're going to add you even more and they're going to keep adding it and keep adding it. Uh, and it just drives people to sometimes pure insanity, to be honest, because they're working so hard. Um, I remember one time I was actually, I sent this senior non-commissioned officer an email. Um, it was really late. It was like nine o'clock at night. And it was the only chance I was able to get on my computer um, to just send them a quick email. Uh, and it wasn't even anything important. I was just like, I got to get this email out um, because I'm not going to be at work the next day. So let me just send this real quick. I sent the email and they emailed me back within a minute. Mm -hmm. And I emailed them right back. I said, what are you doing working at nine o'clock at night? And they listed this and that. They got to get this done and that done. And I was like, please spend some time with your family and stop working. You know, this this person was working basically from 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. You know, they pick their kids up from the daycare, go home, eat dinner, and then neglect the kids, put them in front of the TV or something, and they get right back to work. You have to be willing sometimes to let your supervisor or boss know that you're being pushed too hard. Uh, and when you're dealing with grief, you definitely need to let them know, hey, I can't keep up with some of these tasks. It's just too much. Um, I will say that when I moved to my new job um, in the inspector general office, it was a blessing in disguise because it was still a lot of work and it's a lot of important work, but it's a different pace of work. So it was, I was able to spread that work out more instead of where at the fire department, it was go, 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 go. It needs to be done now, 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 now. And I couldn't keep up with the pace because I was dealing with the grief. Um, the, the new pace of work with the new job helped me out. Uh, and I just had that luxury. It just happened to work out that way. Not everyone has that luxury, right? Like you didn't have that luxury. Um, so being able, and I think Dan, you can maybe talk about it. I remember you saying you, you mentioned to your principal, uh, and some other teachers and they were able to come and help you, um, give you that break when you needed. Uh, so those that are listening, if you're dealing with grief or even just for your general mental health, if you're not dealing with grief, it's okay to mention to the boss, Hey, I might have too much on my plate and I'm not going to give as good of a job as I could if you just take one or two things off and maybe divvy them out to someone else. So, yeah. And I think, I think you're uh, bringing up some good points that, um, about bosses themselves where again, life is short. And if you can't have that talk with your boss, then I think there needs to be some deep reflection about why. And it might lead to some really hard choices of maybe you're not in the right career or the right office, whatever. If if you have a boss that you have that discussion with and they're like, too bad, deal with it. That says something about your boss, perhaps. And I think 
we all need to take that um, and reflect on that to see if maybe we're not in the right position or the right spot. And that's hard to do if it's what's providing for the family. But for me, I think that you're, you're talking about the main switch for me too. It's about the mental health part. That's been the biggest change for me of everything going on now. I still care about my kids learning. Obviously, I have to. Teachers have to. We have to teach math. We have to teach reading, writing, science, social studies, all that. But, and especially the last few years with COVID, which has basically been my entire time here in the mountains teaching, um, mental health is a much bigger issue for our kids, for our staff. Uh, people are just hurting and they're broken and they're ready to snap and I've taken that in my classroom where I spend probably more time than I should and I'm unapologetic about it but I spend so much time talking with my kids just about what's going on in their life and what issues we're going through and I am a wide open book with my fourth and fifth graders too and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from my parents this year that they appreciate it because their kids are seeing what real life is about. And we're not doing anybody any favors by hiding our emotions inside ourselves. Um, like Chris and I have said a million times, we one of the reasons we do this show is that we want to be real and raw so that we can help other people see I'm normal. What I'm going through, what I'm feeling is normal. And I want my kids to know that what they're going through is normal. And it's okay in the sense that they did nothing wrong. And it's okay in the sense that they can work through it and take some steps like we are in grief. And maybe they never heal, but they can at least make some positive forward progress. And so I... I spend a ton of time on relationships at the expense of academics sometimes. And I think I don't apologize for that. I think that's a good thing because my kids feel safe and secure generally as far as I know. And with the number of suicides going on, with especially in high schools these days, um, sometimes academics just aren't the important thing to worry about yeah i would agree 100 percent in that you know it's the same thing in the military uh mental health is definitely an issue right now in the military there's no doubt about it everyone is pushed to the brink the absolute max least amount of people to do the most amount of work ever and it's just pushing people to the absolute limits um and i think us as people that have or at least for myself, I could say that I feel that mental health um, has been going to get mental health help has been successful for me in the sense that I feel a lot better going to it. Uh, I use that as a tool for my um, airmen, NCOs, and senior NCOs, and even officers. And I'm very upfront about saying that I go to mental health when I have an appointment. I put it in the calendar where everyone could see. It says my last name. It says mental health appointment. Uh, and you know what? It, I know for a fact that it has given other people courage to go get that mental health help because they see that, hey, if 
Senator McCarty can do it and nothing's happening to him. Why can't I do it? So I would challenge those that are listening. If you're a boss, if you're a leader and you do get the help, don't be afraid to say it. It doesn't make you a weak person. It actually shows how strong you are when you're willing to get that help that you need and let other people know that you're getting that help. Uh, you'd be surprised how letting a couple people know uh, as the boss that you are getting that assistance, um, whether it's for grief or any kind of other tragedy that you're dealing with or any kind of work-life stress, personal stress, anything like that, um, how much you can really influence your, your employees, your workers, your family when they see you're doing it. It just takes that one brave person willing to um, put themselves out there and show that uh, it's okay to do it. That's kind of one of my passions right now. That's kind of what I'm doing with the military as much as I can. Um, I, in fact, I'm doing a little uh, thing on my base this month where I'm talking to um, a group of people about mental health and uh, that it's okay to get mental health. I was still able to get promoted. I still was able to get an assignment to another base. It hasn't negatively impacted my career at all. It's only helped my career by getting that mental health help uh, needed. Now, granted, of course, my situation is different than a lot of other military people. Not a lot of military people uh, are dealing with grief from the loss of a child. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I've met a, two or three other guys now that are still active duty military that have also lost their children. But it's not very common because it, it or I just haven't met them, to be honest with you. Um, but there's lots of other stressors. And at the end of the day, all this mental health talk um, in general will help people when they get that confidence to go. Exactly. I want, and we've said it before many times, I want everybody listening to know that whatever's going on in your world, you're normal and whatever you're feeling is okay. Um, what you're thinking about doing because of those feelings may or may not be okay, but it's okay to be hurt, broken, sad, um, betrayed, I mean, name it, whatever it is, it's okay. Um, the the posts from all the, the fathers that Chris and I see on all the different grief groups are on that, oh my God, am I, has anybody else had this thought? I feel like I'm the only one and what an awful person I am. Uh, most of us have had those exact same thoughts at some point. It's normal, um, and just keep talking about it. I guess that's the big thing. It's, it's not a bad thing to talk about what's going on in your life. Um, we tell our kids that as students all the time. Like, if you don't understand something, raise your hand and ask. And kids don't want to do that because it's embarrassing to be the only one to raise your hand in class and not know what's going on. And, and we tell the kids that all the time of, we guarantee you if you have that question, somebody else has the same question. So you're not only helping them or helping yourself, you're helping them as well. And that to me is mental health. If you're strong enough to share what you're going through and share your pains, there is somebody that will listen and say, man, I'm going through that exact same thing. Maybe I can get some help for that. And, um, and literally potentially save a life. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So, 
So, Dan, how about, um, you know, going into that, how do you, what have you been focusing on to try to, uh, you know, it's very hard, obviously, losing our children, and it's easy to get in that negative mindset. What have you done to help yourself get out of that negative mindset, bring positivity back to, to your life in one way or another? Now, of course, I know we're always going to have the sadness of losing our boys, 100%. It's always going to be there. But I think we're both in the same light where we don't want to live that misery all day, every day. Uh, what have you done to try to get yourself out of that? Yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm going through. Um, I'm actually looking into going back to school, even at my old age. I mean, I'm eight years from retirement for teaching, and I'm actually looking at going back to school to get my clinical mental health certification. And uh, because in my area, there's I have not found a counselor anywhere close to us who has lost a child. We we know of one grief therapist who lost her husband, so she has some experience with grief, but a husband's not a child. So it's it's still there's some similarities, but there's a lot of differences. So I'm I'm just really thinking maybe I need to go that route so I can help others. I I think I'm fairly successful at listening to other people now before um, I was a selfish SOB, if I can say that. And uh, I think I'm much better now at actually listening to people and letting them share their hurts and actually caring about it and trying to, I hate to say trying to help because, again, I want to be a good listener. Um, I don't want to try to fix but there are times that you're like, you know what? I can actually help you with that. And you want to, if you have something that can help somebody, you want to share it. Um, but I, I'm a much better listener. So I'm, I'm always trying to look for those opportunities where people are hurting and I can just walk over and say, hey, you want to talk? Um, and I'll say it to people all the time. If they, if they do give us a real response, I'll say, you know what? Thank you for being real and honest because most people will say, I'm fine, I'm fine. And as we've discussed, that's a lie. Uh, most people are not fine. Uh, I'm not fine. And if I tell you I'm fine, it means you're not really in my trusted circle where I feel like I can open up to you safely. Um, but so I'm focusing on that. Uh, again, with my kids, I'm really focusing with my students of just trying to help them get over. I mean, because we've got broken families. We've I've got multiple kids living with grandparents. Uh, just all kinds of things going on in houses that teachers deal with every day. So I'm trying to just love on those kids and make sure that even though they all live in a house where there's an adult who loves them, just make sure that they know that there's at least one other adult in this world who loves them and cares about them and that they can always come to if they need it. Um, and then everything with, with the foundation with Jameson's Joy, as we've talked about before, I, I, um, there's times that I worry that, not worry, there's times that I'm aware that it seems like we're just celebrating Jameson's death and, and pushing everything out there and... And that can be misunderstood. It's not It's not something where I want to be parading around the death of my son. But 
I want to make something positive come from it. I want his legacy to live on. And so I'm super excited. I'll actually share. I, I don't think I've said this publicly, even on any of our Facebook pages or anything yet. But um, we're working. Erica's dream from pretty early on has been to have a grief retreat for families who have lost children. And it's looking more and more likely that we're going to have host one of those this September. Uh, we're going to actually meet tomorrow. Our board is to kind of make the final decision on yes or no, are we going to move forward? But we're super excited about that opportunity to hopefully get eight, ten families in here just to spend a few days together with people who have gone through something similar. And again, hopefully help them leave knowing that they're normal, what they're feeling is normal, and it's okay. And leaving with some names and phone numbers and stuff of contacts that when you're having a lousy day, you can call that person. So we're, we're excited about that. And then I'm also super excited that we, we've had some teenage suicides in our area this year. I think I've shared that before. And um, the community has really risen up to try to do things to help the teens. And the one thing that's passionate for me is letting the teens have their voice because that's if you talk to a teen, that's what most of them will say. We don't feel like anybody hears us. And I want them to know that I hear them and other people do hear them. So we're actually in the planning stages of a second podcast that I'm going to... Chris doesn't even know this, I don't think. Uh, we're actually planning a second podcast for teenagers to come on and just talk. And it's going to be real simple of... What's going on in your life? What are the things that are hurting you, stressing you out? Uh, what would you tell yourself five years ago? Um, just things like that that will give the teens a voice and hopefully help make them feel more secure and comfortable with who they are and what they're going through. And if they need it, that they can go get some help. So uh, stay tuned. Hopefully in the next couple months we'll be able to start launching that wow what an awesome initiative that's that's going to be amazing and uh i have no doubt that you know other teenagers listening to that will give them the confidence to get through their adversity right now i'll tell you what as someone who has two teenagers in my house um the stress is so huge on their shoulders more than ever more than when i was a teenager i 100 percent know that um yeah. between the dangers of the internet, the dangers of the world, the pandemic that they had to deal with, um, being away from social life for solid two years. Teenagers need this. And uh, I think that's going to be a great, great, great idea. And uh, I know Jameson's joy is always pushing hard, making those positive changes for the world. So congrats, Dan. That's awesome. Thanks. So... Yeah, with, um, I guess I'll just jump into what I'm yeah. doing then. <laughs> yeah, what's your passion? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I have a couple different passions. Of course, Miles for Mason Memorial Foundation, I'm really finally got, you know, our feet wet. We're finally starting to make some headway. We got our state approval um, here in Delaware where I live. 
um, that's good to go. The, the federal paperwork has been submitted and we're just waiting for the official word now to be an official 501 um, C3 organization. Um, thanks to Dan for stepping up and being on our board and kind of babysitting us and helping us through the process since he really knows what's going on with Jameson's joy. And uh, he, he's really guiding us and helping us with making the, you know, the bylaws and the rules and everything. So we're in that process right now, which is a lot of work. Um, if you've never set up an organization from scratch, uh, it, it takes a lot of effort from a lot of people. And uh, I'm really grateful for everyone on my board that volunteered to jump on and help out with everything going on in their busy lives, uh, for sure. Uh, so that's, of course, number one. You know, I like you, Dan, I really want to have Mason's legacy go on in a positive light and uh, you know bringing more awareness to what ADEM is and how it can be um, diagnosed earlier and hopefully save some lives um, so that they don't have to go through what we're going through that's our goal so we really want to be training doctors uh, on the rarity of this and signs and symptoms and we also really want to be um, you know informing parents because there were some real clear cut signs that Mason had ADEM, but Amanda and I didn't know those signs and symptoms. If we would have known, you know, I, I could have maybe mentioned something to the doctor. Now this is all what ifs, you know, uh, I think we'll always play the what if card in our mind. Um, but why not get that word out there and maybe help another family. So that's what we're working on right now for sure. Um, I have, of course, there's a lot of things I'm working on um, in terms of I'm trying to go back to college too. I'm trying to get my doctorate degree. That's taking forever. Uh, that's a lot of work on top of what I'm doing, but it, it is helping me stay focused um, in a positive light. Like, like Dan mentioned, um, I have a lot of goals in mind. Um, you know, as I transition, getting closer to transition out of the military, there, there's a lot of, things in that sense going on. So I, I try to keep that in mind as well. Um, but really the biggest thing right now is Miles for Mason and also helping my fellow military members with their mental health, showing them that it's okay uh, to go to mental health and get the help they need, that it won't affect their career in a negative light. They're still going to be able to get that promotion. They're still going to be able to get that next assignment, that dream assignment of wherever they want to go. Uh, just like what's happening to me um, and that mental health can truly help them out. Those are my biggest passions right now. So, and of course, taking care of my family. I mean, that's got to be number one. Uh, I, of course, the Miles for Mason, the podcast here and, you know, my coworkers, but really my family, I got to make sure they're taken care of. They're going to be with me forever. And uh, I'm really trying to focus and help them um, while trying to still recover myself, if I'm being honest. So, taking it one day at a time and that's all we really can do like we always say yep. so and i think you you kind of circle around nicely to the end of number one has to be ourselves we have to take care of ourselves because if uh the plane analogy of always if the oxygen mask comes down put yours on first and uh it's the same thing it's if we're not taking care of ourselves first then we're worthless to everybody else and I make no apologies about it. It's me and Erica and Re and Reese. And I will do absolutely whatever I need to for them first. 
I don't care about anything else if it's interfering with my family. Um, we've, we're all we've got. When it when thick and thin comes through in life, where it it comes down to to our family and and they are my priority and they always will be my priority. Yeah, hundred percent right. I mean, you got to take care of yourself and. You know, when we say take care of ourselves, I mean literally take care of myself. I am watching what I'm eating. I am working out more. I am going to the doctor if I need it. I'm doing what's best for me, number one, because I am really going to be useless for all those people that rely on me if I can't concentrate, if I'm crying all day because of the grief, if the sadness is just so overwhelming. Um, So taking that step of eating healthy, working out, prioritizing me some me time here somewhere in there i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna just watch this movie because i just need a break you know um just things like that you'd be shocked how putting a little bit of prioritization on yourself um 30 minutes walking any of that how big of a difference you're gonna feel how much better you're gonna feel and how it just gives you that extra little motivation to help those around you, help your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you start helping them out and you're seeing the successes you get with that, then you get really motivated and you say, okay, what can I do to really help other people and go for the bigger plans? Um, it, it really makes a difference. Dan is not wrong in terms of the, if the air mask falls, put yours on first, it makes a big deal. Yeah. I think um, that just reminded me to some key points to, to any of the dads who are listening, Chris and I see the comments all the time. I mean, fight for your marriages. It's it's hard. We know, we get that. It's hard going through loss. And again, this isn't a, a child loss specific thing. This is anything. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your kids. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And I mean, I again, to me... God, family, that's that's what matters. And everything else is, it'll work itself out. I mean, work will work itself out. Everything else will take care of itself. And But only you can control your relationship with God, and only you can control how you're leading your family. So fight for it, no matter how hard it is. Yeah, and you can go a couple rounds in the boxing match with that, right? Yeah. You can, can go back and forth. Um, <clears throat> there's been numerous times where it's like, sorry, Dan, can't record tonight. Something's going on. I got to take care of it. And same thing with him with me. And it, it that's life. That's uh, We got to do that. We got to take care of those priorities first. Yep. And everything really will work out in the end. Um, you know, But making those people priority, that's important. Because once you make them that priority, uh, those other things – they, they do fall into place very easily and it, it, it makes everything so much easier in the long run too uh, when you don't have to worry about think, think about if your your marriage is going through a difficulty or you're having some difficulty with your kids how hard it is to focus on all those other things you want to do you know work um helping your co-workers any of that stuff you just you can't concentrate on it because that other priority the main priorities are suffering or they need help gotta put the effort in first number one with them all the time and i want to challenge everybody listening right now um 
to the dads who are listening, who your wife is sitting somewhere in your house and there's been some issues or stress because of the loss of your child or job or whatever, go to your wife right now and just tell them divorce is not an option. Erica and I, I've shared before, we said that, I think it was day one or day two. We talked about the stats and all that, and we looked each other in the eye and said, divorce is not an option. And I think that was absolutely enormous because it set the tone for everything else to come is filtered through that. We're not, we're not letting this ruin our marriage as well as I mean, we already lost a kid. We're not losing each other and our family as well. If you've, if you've done something with your child, go right now and apologize and ask for their forgiveness. Um, whatever it is, go to those people right now and, and take care. Put your pride aside. Take care of what you need to do for yourself and for your family. And I'd be shocked if that didn't help your mental health just the first few steps of, of getting your mind going back in a positive direction. And it's going to stray off course again. There's going to be more bad days, but at least you can take care of a couple things and maybe right the ships and take a couple couple pounds off your shoulder. Yep. We all got to take that first step at one point. And, uh, you know, I think <laughs> as a dad, uh, I think a lot of us dads, um, have a lot of pride sometimes, like you said, and swallowing that pride can be really difficult. But you know what I've noticed over time is the first time is really hard, but the second mm-hmm. time it's a little bit easier. Yep. And by the 10th time or 15th time, because you know we're going to mess it up again and again because we're human, we're not perfect, it becomes very natural to be like, you know what, yeah, that was stupid. I messed up. I am extremely sorry. And uh, wow, it, it really does bring that relief to your your mental health overall. Um, in terms of, you know, family and friends and loved ones. So, and, you know, Dan and I can attest, you don't want your last moments. uh, You know, sometimes we don't know what God has planned and things change in an instant. And uh, I think Dan and I are living proof of that because we never expected our children to go to heaven. And what I would do for one more minute with Mason, uh, you don't want to have that thought in the rest of your mind like Dan and I have. Now, not that's not to say we did anything wrong, uh, but it's to say that, man, I wish I had one more minute. Yep. And don't waste that opportunity. Because yep. you still have that chance to go tell that person you love how much you love them and how sorry you are for whatever or how you want things to be good. And um, take those moments. Don't squander them because life can change in a second. And Dan and I are living proof of that. Yep. And if you're a young single person starting your career out, maybe, maybe you do have more time to commit to your work and all that because you don't have those responsibilities. But if you've got a wife or a family, think about what's important here. All right. Is it your wife and your kids or is it your boss? And that's a hard choice because, again, the financial security and all that stuff that goes with your job, it's a big deal. But, again, life can change in an instant. So where, where are we focusing? And what's causing our mental health to be stressed? I mean, let's, let's take control of our lives back 
instead of letting other people have it. So yeah, great point. So what do you think, Dan? Good way, right. good way to end that our mental health episode. I think and, so. Uh, yep. So yeah, we've we've got um, next week is our spring break, so I don't think there will be an episode next week. We'll see. There might be. Uh, but Chris and I are wrapping up season two. We've got at least one more guest coming on. A, a buddy of mine, Elliot, is coming on. Um, and we're hoping that we can get Dennis back with his wife. They shared some news recently of some big things. So we're trying to work that out. But um, we're, we're wrapping up season two here. And we're, we've, we've enjoyed doing it. We hope it's helped some people along the way. And uh, as always, if you have any feedback, questions, whatever, uh, we, we love to hear them. So, that Chris, I'll let you wrap it up with anything else you have. Yeah, no, I mean, really, thanks everyone for listening. Thank, thanks for everyone listening on the radio. We know your time is precious with your family, your loved ones, um, even your own personal time for your own uh, mental health. So, thanks for taking this time. Hopefully, we brought something to the table for you guys to think about. Um, if you need to get a hold of me at all, Chris at milesformasonmemorial.com. Um, or you can reach me on any of the social media sites. I'm on all there. Just search my name, uh, help out any way we can, uh, info at jamesonsjoy.org for Dan. And I think that's it, Dan. That is. So, yep. As always, thank you to WMQL radio and Brevard for airing our show every week. Um, just giving our voice some exposure so that hopefully we can reach one or two more people. And thank you for everybody listening to A Father's Love, Healing Through Heartache.